want to help me out with this? <clears throat> if you've been paying attention, you know where we're going to go. <clears throat> God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Salem, that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving help among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee. Where is it? What verse? One, two, three. One, two, three. Yep. <clears throat> Believe it or not, there was a time when God's people didn't have a separate hymnal to sing. I'm still learning songs from this hymnal that we have. But long before they had Great is Thy Faithfulness, Amazing Grace, or most of the other songs that we sing so, so very often, they had a hymnal. You know what it was called? The Psalms. The Psalms were written to be read, to be meditated upon, and to sing. And we are in number 67. Let's read the whole thing. There aren't but seven verses. <clears throat> God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon earth thy saving help among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously, govern the nations upon earth. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. You say, you just said that, preacher. Yeah, well, God repeats it, so I did too. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Some human might say, that's kind of short, but it's got a great message, yeah? <clears throat> There's a word that we speak in the English that goes back to the Greek. And there's another word in English <clears throat> that goes back to the Latin. 
But they mean essentially the same thing. And yet by usage, we don't use them the same way. We say good word. We call the gospel good news, the good spell. But how would you have said it in Greece? How would you have said it in Rome? You see, <clears throat> in Greek, EU means good. Logos means word. The good word is the eulogy. When someone passes, whoever is remembering the deceased, they're asked to pronounce the eulogy. What's the good word? Now, in the Latin, you know how the Latins would say something was good? I'll give you a hint. You know Spanish. Spanish say, bueno. Bueno means good. Goes back to the Latin. Bene. Benefit. That's a good thing. There's a song coming up. Lord willing, next week, says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Those are good things. Bene means good. And diction, we get our word for diction, dictionary, for word. What's the word? Well, the good word is such and such. The benediction, technically, etymologically, the eulogy means good word, and so does benediction. I asked Brother Jeff to pronounce our closing prayer when we ended the service. In some places, that's known officially as the benediction. It'd be kind of weird if somebody said, and now the minister, in honor of brother so-and-so, will bring the benediction. That is not the right word. We speak the eulogy at a funeral. We give the benediction. But they both mean the same thing. And in the scriptures, there may be more, but I haven't found but four, benediction. Something that would be great to not only open, but also to close a service. Two of the old, and two of the new. The second in the old, the first three verses that we just read here in Psalm 67. <clears throat> Did you notice in the first verse it says, cause his face to shine upon us? Do you know what part of your body lets people know your mood? That's right. He didn't have to say a word. He just pointed at his face. You know, if somebody's got a scowling face, <laughs> they're just mad at the word. But sometimes we have a smiling face. 
good to see a smiling face. Sometimes I get up on Sunday morning and I look out at the crowd and most are smiling. Some are doing other things maybe, but I like to see smiles. I used to have a friend who, he kind of made fun of me because I smiled like he called me Smiley. And finally, when he called me Smiley, I said, I'd rather smile than frown. We went in a chapel once at the college. And somebody says, is everybody out on their smiling face? And we had a guy, Dr. Smiley, that taught English. He said, I've always got all my smiling face. But with your face, you don't let people know too much about your mood when you show them your elbow, do you? If you could see my heel or my kneecap or just stare at my ear, you couldn't tell too much about my mood. But when you look at the face, there's a word we're going to come across. It's not used in this psalm, but many times it appears in the scripture. And that word is your your countenance. When somebody is coming toward you and you look at their face, if they got a smile, well, this could be good. If they got a scrawl on their face, they got a snarl going on, this might not be so good. But it's interesting that we find many times in Scripture. You notice what it says. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us. Would you want the Lord to be smiling upon you? To have your face shine, brighten up, so to speak. Now, if you go back to the book of Exodus, chapter 34, I want you to, this has happened a couple of times, literally, was a man named Moses. And Moses very close to God. Moses once went up to be with the Lord and the Lord's presence was such with Moses that it affected him. His face shone like a big flashlight I suppose. I don't know that Moses knew that. But the people did. Something's different about Mr. Moses. He came down from the mount, as I said in the 34th of Exodus, started verse 29 with me. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' head. That's what we also know as the Ten Commandments. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. He came down, he got a word from the Lord, and there was something about his face. And people, wow! Moses, what are you looking at? What's the big deal? And when Moses and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called on them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him. And Moses talked with them, 
And afterward all the children of Israel came by, and he gave them in command that all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. I thought only women veiled their face. Moses veiled his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. It's past tense of shine. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. Wow! Did anything like that ever happen again? With who? Jesus? That's right. In fact, it wasn't just Jesus. Who else was there? Who were we just talking about in Exodus? Moses. Moses got a double header. Go to chapter 17 in Matthew. Moses, the only person I know whose face shone twice in the Bible. Once in the old and once in the new. Wow! I didn't know that. See what happens when you come for the second service? By the way, it takes usually about as much time to prepare for the second service as it does for the first. I appreciate your attendance. may not always say with my mouth, but I certainly thank the Lord for it. In the 17th of Matthew, look at the first three verses. <clears throat> and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before him. What does that mean? We'll just keep reading, and the Bible will tell you what it means. And his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. So it wasn't just his face, everything about him. His clothing too. It was out there. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Now, <clears throat> one of my myriad of questions I have, or it doesn't tell me automatic, is how did Peter, James, and John know it was Moses and Elias? Do they have name tags? I don't know. I don't know. But somehow they do. And to flesh this out a little bit, go to Luke chapter 9 for a moment, please. <clears throat> because this also relates this wonderful experience. Luke chapter 9, we'll start reading in verse 28. <clears throat> and it came to pass about an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up in a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men 
which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Oh, look at 32. But Peter and they who were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. By the way, when Moses and Elijah appeared with Christ before Peter, James, and John, did they talk about the ball game? And talk about stuff that wouldn't matter in a hundred years? No, they spoke about the sword of death. They talked about the crucifixion. And it reminds us how important it is that we talk about the crucifixion. <clears throat> now sometimes this term is used in a figurative sense. And we as God's people, we should shine. You know, so it seems to me there's something in the Bible about we're supposed to be the light of the world. And lights are known for shining, aren't they? In the 119th Psalm, verse 135, <clears throat> what is part of David's prayer here? Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. So what's being asked here? May God's face, may his countenance be pleasing. May we know that God smiles upon us as His people. Now, I told you there were two benedictions in the Old Testament. The first is found in Numbers chapter 6. So you'll find a same sense, if you will, as what we were just seeing in Psalm 67. Numbers, go to chapter 6, please. Numbers chapter 6. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, all right, we'll start at verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel. Here's how you give them the good word, the benediction. Saying unto them, here's what you say, Moses. Pay attention. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee when we look at our text, this asking that we have, what are we asking here? <clears throat> First of all, it's a request for mercy. God be merciful unto us. Precious folks, 
before you go asking God. You got your wish list. You want to impress God. You want to beseech God. Before you have anything to ask, you need to come before Him and request His mercy because it's only by His mercy that we have His ear. If you say, well, I'll just go to God any old way. Well, you know, the psalm we just studied last week, the 18th verse, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. I'm not listening. Well, Lord, I, I want this so I can do such and such. Guy pulls up in front of the First National Bank. Now, fellas, before we go in, you, you got your gun? You got your mask? Okay, let's all pray. Pray? Yeah. I want to pray the Lord will bless us. We won't get shot. We want to get a good haul. What? You're planning to rob the bank and you're asking God to bless that? And you say, well, of course a person wouldn't do that. But if you ask the Lord to bless you for something you really, you're out of line. Oh, Lord, don't let that cop catch me. Give me a ticket. You never prayed that, have you? I don't want to preach with it. Thank you. You're pretty close to it right now. We catch ourselves praying things. Now, we ought to be ashamed when we think about it. If, uh, if I'm driving too fast or whatever, I, I got it coming to me. But mercy. So many times in Scripture. In the 18th of Luke, we read of a publican. And after the the Pharisee went on and on about how wonderful he was. The publican didn't say, well, I'm pretty good too, Lord. His wasn't a me too prayer. Be upon his chest. Said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Oh, well, if I did anything wrong, I guess I would. Really? We need to know what sin is. It's not just killing somebody that's a sin. It's not just the things that we do. It's not just the words that we say or the way we say them. It's how we think, especially about God and about our neighbor. Well, I've always kept the rules. I've always done the right thing. There was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus. And he said, I want to know, what's the one thing i got to do to make heaven? And the Lord says, well, what do the commandments say? Well, <laughs> I've kept all those commandments. The Lord didn't say, oh, no, you haven't. But the Lord did say, there's one thing you need to do. Take your stuff. Get rid of it. Make sure the poor benefit from it. You follow me. It says the young man went away sorrowful. The scripture records, for he had many possessions. I don't think it would be a stretch to say the possessions also had him. But God, not only is the one we ask for mercy, God be merciful and bless us. Why do we ask God to bless us? Because he is the source. 
it's usually in the first few, and I looked at our hymnal here, number three, we call it the doxology. Praise God from whom some of our, no, no, not some, all of our blessings flow. James 1 says, Blessed be the God and Father who has blessed us as he has. Our blessings come from him. As I've already alluded, this 19th verse is the next song. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. What kind of benefits do I have? Did you get out of bed today? Did you need help getting out of bed? Oh, no. I was okay with that. Were you able to see? Were you able to hear? Were you able to eat your breakfast? Well, yeah. Did you thank God for that? Why should I? <laughs> what would you be if you didn't have the capacity to do those things? I never thought about that. Maybe we should. He daily loads us with benefits, good things. Tell you what, we got a flat tire, we got a runny nose, we got a bad diagnosis from the doctor, we get bent out of shape and gone. Me and old guy. He did be a dirty dealer or something like that. No, that's, that's not the way to be. And I want you to know that the third part of this verse, when you ask the Lord, be merciful to us. Bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us. Literally, it's with us. Because this is a request concerning your countenance. <clears throat> I don't know if they still make them, but years ago I'd see commercials for Persona. Y'all remember Persona? It was a company that made razor blades. Remember Persona? Because Persona is the Greek word. And today we use the word person. Because persons have faces. I can't see your elbow necessarily. I can't see your kneecap necessarily. But I can see your face. And so your personality. Do you have a cheerful, a bright, a pleasant countenance? We understand that from your facial expression. When Cain in Genesis 4, was addressed by God. The Lord saw Cain and he says, why is your countenance fallen? Maybe you were smiley face earlier, than, but you're all pooched out. You're just grumpy grump. You're upset. Your mood has, is it just a downer like they said when I was a kid? And it's also in Genesis, this time, the 31st chapter. There was a man named Jacob. And it tells us in the first five verses that Jacob, who came to Laban, and he was so stricken with daughter number two, Leah was okay, but he was impressed with daughter number two. He said, wow. He said, what would it take for her to be my bride? 
Well, Doc, here's what you do. You serve me for so many years. I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, over the time, old Laban didn't always do Mr. Jacob the right way. And, in fact, at one point, Laban said, let's figure out what your wages are going to be. Because after 14 years, he said, you got both of my daughters and uh, you want some pay, probably. And we've got cattle, so let's talk about the cattle. And so, long story short, he says, if the cattle look like this when they're born, I'll keep them. But if they look like this, you're going to have them. Jacob said, whatever you say. And the Lord blessed it so that the ones, the majority, were the way that Laban had said what Jacob would get. So he gets short shrift. He gets the hind leg. So wait a minute, Jake. Here's what we need to do. Let's just switch this. So I guess he figured, we'll see how it turns out. Well, God declares the end from the beginning. And so God turned it around so that now, the way Laban, from Laban's own mouth, he said, we'll do it this way. And Jacob said, whatever you say. And God made it again where Jacob was blessed. And Laban got the short end of the stick. By the time you get to chapter 32, Jacob was not stupid. And he saw that the countenance of his father was not as it once was. And you read on a little bit later in that verse, that uh, chapter, and it says Laban's sons were that way too. Because wait a minute, our inheritance, we get what's dad's. And uh, this guy comes in, marries our sisters, and, and he's got a whole lot of cattle. We got just a few. We don't like that so much. We're not so happy about seeing it. I have an idea with Jacob. Good morning, brothers. And what's good about it? Because it seems like every season, you wind up with more cattle. We get less. Hmm. That's interesting. Now you'll come across this imagery many times in the Psalms when it talks about may God's face smile upon or you may you smile upon others. May you have a pleasant countenance. Sometimes people have a grumpy grump or a sad, a sorrowful countenance. Buck up! Rejoice! So time after time we come across that in the Word. I've got at least a half a dozen scriptures here, but I'll, I'll skip them for I'll be glad to give them to you if you want to ask me afterward. But let's talk about the balance of this psalm because verse 1 asks the question. Asks, rather, I should say, for the Lord to be merciful and to bless us and cause His face. Lord, I want You to smile upon me. I want You to be pleased with what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, where I'm going, what I'm doing. That's important. Well, verse 2 tells us that it's God's way is to be known universally. I am not a post-millennialist. But when they say, you know, the Lord's work is such, it's going gonna, it's gonna to infiltrate, it's going to affect people. And their timing might be different from mine or someone else's, but at least they realize that the effect of the Lord. Sometimes people 
speak in generalities. They talk about leaven. Leaven is always bad. Really? The Lord gave a parable in which he talked about the leaven which permeates. May our influence be like that perfume that when, when it was snapped open, that pleasant scent filled the whole house. That's a good thing. That's a benefit. Okay? So it comes through. May the word that thy way may be known upon earth. Doesn't just say Polk County. Doesn't just say the state of Arkansas. Doesn't just say the Southland. Doesn't just say the United States of America. Like none of those are mentioned here, are they? That thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Who is the one who brings healing with his wings? Who is the one who can speak to the need of the soul? God and God alone. Regardless of the color of your skin, your age, your bank account, your intellect, or anything else. There's a universal response called for that God be praised. It's so important. So nice he said it twice. Verse 3, and then it's echoed in verse 5. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Now some people want to praise a team. Wow! Our team won. Champions, won the pennant, won the title, won whatever. You ever get excited about the Lord? What He has done, what He is doing, what He is yet going to do? Or is your attitude, eh, yeah. I met one guy, his attitude, no, that's God, He's supposed to do that stuff. And you're supposed to thank Him. You're supposed to have some gratitude along those lines. Time and time we read that. But then look at the balance of this psalm, 4 through 7. Of course, we'll skip 5 because 5 repeated what it said in 3. Three thoughts here. In verse, verse 4, we're reminded that we look to hear rejoicing among the nations as God is ruling. I heard a, a, a brother Glenn and I were talking to me about this guy that you can. You can see him. You can hear him on the radio. There's this one of these app things that you can beep, beep, beep. And you can hear so-and-so. The guy comes on and he says, bottom line, if God's not in absolute control of everything in this world, who is? Some people think it's Lady Luck. Lady Luck is smiling on me. Don't say that. You're, you're a Christian. Well, you know, I hear a lot of people say that. You hear a lot of people say a lot of stuff that ain't right. So let's keep it straight. In fact, somebody asks me, uh, did you hear such and such? Well, okay. And they'll say, I just hope they have good luck. There's something better you can say to that. Say, good success. i got to take my final, brother. <coughs> An awful lot of students, i got a big test to take. I'd say, good success. What? Good success. You're not going to wish me luck? Well, that's not biblical, but I will wish you good success. 
It means the same thing, right? I'm not talking about Lady Luck. I'm talking about a great Lord. Might want to think about that. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. You sing for joy? When you sing these songs to glorify God, is there a smile on your heart? Whether or not there's one on your face, that's something else maybe. But do you rejoice in the Lord? You know, it would be a good verse. If God were to ask me, would you add anything to the Bible? Maybe one that said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, do you think that make a good verse? God thinks so too? Yeah, he already put it in there. That's uh, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Well, when I get a raise on the job, when I get a pat on the back, when my wife cooks my favorite dessert, and not just then, rejoice in the Lord always. Sometimes it's hard to thank the Lord. You ever look, oh look, I got a flat tire. Thank you, Lord. It's kind of hard to say it. It might be even harder to, to mean it when that comes up. But to rejoice in that. Uh, the old hundredth. That's what they used to call it because one of the first passages in the Psalms that people in our history would put to music was from Psalm 100. And the first two verses say, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Then you come in those doors with a smile, with an expectation. I'm here to glorify God. I'm going to sing songs that praise Him. I'm going to hear prayers that honor Him. I'm going to be fellowshipping with people. We have something in common. It's the work of Jesus Christ. It's what's going to keep us together forever. I really don't think we'll be showing off our stamp collections in heaven. I don't think the things that we might put a lot of stock in right here, right now on earth. We're not going to be locked down with that stuff. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Now what would you think if Brother and sister so-and-so came in the door next week and saved us. What's wrong with those people? One day Marcia came up and started to play the organ and I just started singing. People looked at me funny. Like, What's your problem? Well, don't you know the words? Somebody asked me, why does the hummingbird hum? I think it's because he doesn't know the words, but at least he knows there's a tune going on. So we'll just leave off four there and drop down to six. Because when man makes the effort to honor God, God hears that. And God is good to respond. God is not unfaithful to forget your labor of love. If you do something that is right in God's sight, and you're His child, somebody else might not see it. Don't worry about that. Somebody else might not give you the credit. Don't worry about that. God's knowledgeable. And God will honor you. I hope you know that. As I said, uh, verse number 6, Then shall the earth yield her increase, 
And God, even our own God, shall bless us. You take care of praising the Lord. The Lord will take care of you. Don't say, well, I don't know. Well, I know because it's in the Word. I've experienced that. And I've known an awful lot of Christian people who would say the same thing. And then finally, we look at the last verse. This universal blessing from heaven. Folks, it's a universal thing. I hope you pick up on that. It will culminate in the universal fear of our great God. We live in a day that says, oh, God's a big softy. God's just, he's just happy that we're throwing him a bone every once in a while. That's not the God of this book. In fact, it's not just in the Old Testament. It tells us by direction. It gives us the example. It's not a bad thing to fear the Lord. If you don't fear the Lord, do you fear anybody? Well, I fear what they're going to say about me. Really? The fear of man brings a snare. I'm afraid what the devil might do to me. I'm afraid what might happen on the economic field. I'm afraid about health conditions. I'm afraid about war. Some country might push the button and drop the bomb and curfluey and I'm gone. We get worried. We get fearful. You know who you should fear? God. Well, yeah, Old Testament. New Testament too. You read the book of Acts. Great fear came upon all the church and said in Acts chapter 2. When Ananias and Sapphira, uh, I mean, he spouted up, he dropped dead. She spouted up, same thing, she dropped dead. You know what it says in Acts chapter 5? Fear came upon all the church. That's not the last time, just in the book of Acts. You need a healthy, a reverential, a respectful fear for God. If you're just la-dee-da about God, you have the wrong mind. You've got the wrong heart. The wrong approach. Might not be fashionable today, but the scriptures give us so many examples and so many exhortations. God shall bless us. We say, well, I like to hear that. We'll read the whole thing. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. I suspect there are an awful lot of people that don't really give it much time to fear the Lord. Even people who call themselves Christian. We were talking about that this morning too. People say, oh, God's a big softy. I can say anything. I can do anything. No, no, no big deal. When I was a little kid, we'd spend a lot of Saturday nights at Grandma and Grandpa's and they loved to watch more twelve. Y'all remember Lawrence well? And one, and two. And he turned to, there were three or four, maybe five girls. They were the Lennon sisters. And they used to sing a song, He. Such a lovely tune. Though it makes him sad to see the way we live, he'll always say, I forgive. What if Ananias and Sapphira ever sang that? I wonder about a lot of people who went against the Lord and went against the Lord and went against the Lord and then BANG! 
By the way, Miss Linda, I hope I didn't spook you too much. But... You know, some people, if you say anything with a loud voice, they think somebody's dying, something's bad. But if you say, praise the Lord, that, that's what we ought to do. Amen. You, you, oh, by the way, where were we? Alaska? Somebody got offended when I said, who should say amen? And I said, the Bible says, let all the people say amen. You know, folks, last time I checked, women were people too. Oh, I, I caught it for that. What was that, Alaska? The biggest state we got. And I had some folks there from other places in Alaska, and they wanted to take, well, I know what the Bible says. Women weren't preaching from the pulpit. They preached by their presence. And you really can't, without changing the scripture, get away from what it says. Let all the people praise thee. Let all the people say amen. Hmm. And you ladies are people too. Can you say amen? Well, some of you can. Some of you hopefully said it. You know, I, got, I need a new miracle here. I can't hear you too well. But the Lord hears you. The Lord knows your heart. The Lord knows your mind. And I hope we can say amen to the reading and the preaching of God's Word. Just like when we sing. Paul says, I will sing with the, under, sing with the Spirit and the understanding also. I will pray with the Spirit and pray with the understanding also. If we can't say amen about it, Maybe we should be doing it. You ever think about that? So we've heard a benediction. Let's stand with you this